Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. So, how many of you have listened to our new Scaredy Chat podcast? If you haven't, go to Apple or Spotify and listen now. Caitlin and Monica are true fans and horror culture aficionados. Each week, together with one of their friends or fellow horror junkies, they talk about what scared them when they were young and what still scares them today. In a world filled with ghosts and spirits, the most frightening thing is often other humans. Be careful who you trust and remember to listen to your own intuition. Because that uneasy feeling in the pit of your stomach may be your only warning of the killers hiding in plain sight. First, small town terrors, followed by a love worth dying for, then a shadowy killer, finally in our featured story, an octopus and a monster. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. And of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Killers hiding in plain sight. You may figuratively kill yourself trying to make new friends, but sometimes your new friends may end up literally killing you. Like in this story inspired by William. Persephone was a goth and proud of it. She gravitated towards dark clothing and black nail polish. She read Edgar Allan Poe and prayed to her crystals. So when her family had to move from a large metropolis to a small town in Arkansas, she did not really fit in, to say the least. After a few weeks of summer had passed, she still hadn't made a single friend. Her parents encouraged her to talk to other kids, but they didn't want to talk to her. So, against Persephone's own wishes, her parents invited the whole town to a barbecue. Their new homestead had dozens of acres for the kids to play and run and a vast woods in the back for them to seek adventure. 
Her parents hoped it would be the perfect setting to forge new friendships. By late afternoon, everyone in town had arrived, and Persephone's dad encouraged her to play with the other kids who were playing frisbee. He said she had to at least try. So she begrudgingly complied. Almost immediately, the kids joked about her appearance, calling her things like the Bride of Dracula and Zombie Girl. Every time it was her turn to catch the frisbee, the kids threw it past her. And each time she turned to go after it, she noticed the kids followed her. This went on for a while until she realized she was almost all the way in the woods, out of sight from the adults. Within moments, the kids had surrounded her. They chanted, Cursed, dead, witch, over and over until she ran from them deeper into the woods. She looked back at them, terrified, still running. She slammed hard into something and fell to the ground. It was an old stone well. She got back on her feet, but was quickly surrounded again, this time with nowhere to run. One boy got close and ripped off her crystal necklace and then threw it into the well. She leaned over to see it, but it was too dark. The remaining kids grew closer, teasing her, poking at her, and eventually she lost her balance and tumbled over the side and down the well. Her long scream was followed by a loud sound and then... Silence. The kids looked horrified. They'd only wanted to scare her, but it was too late. The kids ran back and told everyone that Persephone had wandered off in the woods. One kid said she lost a necklace and went to go look for it. That's when her mother asked, the black crystal with silver on the sides? They nodded yes. Her dad looked pensive and then assured everyone she was fine. She'll come back. As long as she's with that necklace, she'll always come back. The kids were confused. How were her parents not concerned? Even as it grew dark and the other parents offered to go looking for her, Persephone's parents smiled and said everything was fine. As one of the kids was leaving, Persephone's mother grabbed his wrist and whispered, Sleep tight in the strangest of ways. The next day, as the sun rose, Persephone's parents went down to the kitchen, and there she was. Persephone was cooking pancakes, singing her favorite Sisters of Mercy song. Her parents smiled as they sat down. Her father asked if she had a good night's rest. Yes, I did, she said, and explained that the pancakes were to carb up before they all headed out. She was thinking they should probably leave before noon. Without skipping a beat, her mom stood up, unfazed. I'll grab the boxes from the basement. Her father headed upstairs and said he'll pack up the bedrooms. As the family quickly packed up their belongings, the other families in the neighborhood were having a much different and more difficult morning. All of the kids who terrorized Persephone had gone missing from their beds. As the parents all communicated with each other, it became clear that they all needed to see if Persephone or her parents knew anything. However, when they all arrived at the homestead, it was clear no one was home. And on further investigation, they realized the place had been completely cleared out. The parents were confused. 
especially since less than 24 hours ago, this place seemed fully lived in. They decided to search the property and spread out all over the acreage, into the forest, and eventually reached the old stone well. Just from leaning over the well, one could smell the stench. It hit the back of their throats like a wave. Even in daylight, you couldn't see the bottom, but soon, several flashlights showed up and were attached to a rope that was lowered into the well. Slowly, the light illuminated what they all feared. The bodies of their children piled on top of one another. The families wept as the coroner began pulling out each body, one by one. Once they were laid side by side, the coroner noticed markings on one of the kids' stomachs. He lifted the shirt to find words carved into the child that said, Cursed. Dead. Witch. Horror set in as the same carvings were found on each of the children. Elsewhere, Persephone sat in the back of her parents' sedan, headphones on and lightly clutching her black crystal. She let loose a rare smile as she wondered if the next town would be a little more welcoming. Thank you so much, William, for inspiring this tale of Persephone. Those that don't know Persephone, as in the goddess, I heartily recommend for you to go ahead and look her up. Quite a tale is waiting for you there. So how about you, listener? Do you believe in crystals and not just as protection against things that go bump in the night? What things in your life do you feel protect you? Do your family members understand you the way Persephone did? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It's those who love you the most that have your best interests at heart. If you choose not to listen to them, do so at your own peril. Like in this story inspired by Belle Labette. Leticia was a young woman that lived with her mother and her grandmother, her abuela, in a peaceful village near the Rio Sixaula River in Costa Rica. Recently, Leticia found herself consumed by love for her new girlfriend, Daniela. Daniela's romantic words and grand gestures brought back happiness to Leticia's existence after her father had passed away, and soon the two were inseparable. But for some reason, Neither her mother nor her abuela approved of Daniela. 
Leticia didn't understand why they would turn away such a good person who was also beautiful, charming, came from a rich family. However, every time she pressed the issue, they would exchange looks with each other and then quickly drop the topic. It was like they had a suspicion, but didn't know how to put it into words. One day, Daniela planned to get into Leticia's family's good graces by taking them all out to dinner. She had high hopes that this would help the situation and everyone she loved could be happy together. But that night, the dinner didn't go as planned. Daniela ordered the best food and desserts and tried to keep the conversation going, but neither mother nor abuela seemed won over. Before Leticia knew it, the dinner was over, and it didn't seem like any progress was made. She couldn't help but hang her head in defeat. Ay, mija, don't stare at your feet when you walk, her mother warned. You never know who might come at you when you're not looking. Leticia squeezed Daniela's hand and sighed, trying to disguise her annoyance from her mother. She knew she was just looking out for her, but she was still frustrated. Nonetheless, Leticia lifted her gaze, and that's when, under the full moon, she noticed a figure hunched over near the river. It was a woman with long black hair that looked wet. She seemed to be crying, as though grieving for a lost loved one. There's a woman out there. Should we call her over? Leticia asked. Abuela looked at this woman, and her wrinkled face filled with dawning horror. The stranger's head slowly turned towards them as her slick hair glistened under the moon. For a moment, the air was still, as though pungent with a bad premonition as the woman's beady black eyes appraised them. Then, a malevolent smile slowly formed across her face, revealing sharp, jagged teeth. Abuela ordered everyone to run, and they all sped away from the woman without question. When Leticia looked back, she saw two large, leathery lumps unfolding from the woman's back. They unfurled into massive, bat-like wings, whatever it was. It quickly took flight, and began to soar through the sky. Leticia didn't look back again, afraid it would slow her down. She just kept running. But the thunder of beating wings grew closer and closer, stirring the air with dread and terror. Then, Leticia tripped. Calling for Daniela, she expected her to stop, but instead, Daniela was already out of sight. Leticia was devastated and scared that the creature would surely catch her now. She closed her eyes tight as it swooped down to snatch her up. Seconds before it got to Leticia, a beast that looked like a human-shaped jaguar lunged into the air and took down the winged monster. None of the family could look away as they watched the bloody mauling that took place before their eyes as the two creatures battled each other. Razor-sharp claws tore into the monster bat's flesh as its jagged teeth ripped bloody chunks from the Jagger Woman beast. The two were evenly matched and roared at each other as they battled, neither able to gain the upper hand as they both bled. Finally, the winged monster managed to escape the fight and flew out of sight. Left wounded on the ground was the bloodied, panting jaguar beast. From afar, they watched as it transformed into Daniela. Too scared to approach her girlfriend, 
Leticia ran to her abuela with tears in her eyes. What was that? What happened? Leticia shivered. Abuela began to explain that Daniela was a nogwal, a human being who has the power to shapeshift into a jaguar-like form. To have this power, she had to have made a deal with the devil or other evil spirits. Leticia could see it in their faces. They had suspected this all along. She kept expecting either her mother or abuela to say, I told you so. Instead, her mother held Leticia in a sad, comforting embrace. Even though Daniela had saved their lives, Leticia feared that their relationship could never work. Her family had only been concerned about her inevitable heartbreak. They left Daniela there, alone and bleeding, not considering she was just as heartbroken as her one true love chose to abandon her. It was the biggest mistake the family would ever make, because hell truly hath no fury like a Nagual scorned. Thank you so much, Bella Bat, for inspiring this unrequited love meets monster horror story. Have you ever dated someone supernatural? There was something about them that was different, that was more. Would your parents or friends, your family approve of them? And most importantly, Would you be willing to make a deal with the devil to be able to shapeshift? What would you do with that power? When you discover what you thought was the truth turns out to be false, it will make you wonder what other horrible mistakes you've made. Like in this story, inspired by Kristen. Amarosa had suffered from bullying for weeks in school and on social media, and it all started because of a game of truth or dare at a sleepover. When the game started, Amarosa feared what her friends would dare her to do, so she chose truth. What's a secret nobody knows about you? Her frenemy Nessa blurted out. A lump gathered in Amarosa's throat. She had always been too scared to tell anyone her big secret, and she certainly didn't want Nessa to know, but Amorosa reluctantly took a deep breath, then shared, I see shadows, but they aren't regular shadows. They're spirits, and they can hear me when I speak. She watched the girl's face go blank until finally Nessa burst out with laughter. She teased her about it for a few minutes and then went back to their game. She felt like Nessa set her up, and she desperately tried to think of a way to do the same or worse to her. Amorosa's thoughts of revenge quickly disappeared, however, when she noticed a dark silhouette in the room with them. She watched in dread as the shadow loomed over Nessa for the rest of the evening. She wanted to say something, but she didn't want Nessa to make fun of her either. Eventually, they went to bed and fell asleep. And that's when things got much worse. An earth-shattering scream woke Amorosa. And before she became conscious enough to figure out where it came from, she found Nessa standing over her. Nessa's hair had been cut to random lengths, and she had scratches all over her face and neck. Amorosa pleaded and cried and said she didn't do it. But Nessa and the other girls didn't believe her. 
From then on, she was dubbed Ghost Faker and often found herself wishing she was an actual ghost herself. After that, Amorosa tried to pretend like she couldn't see the moving shadows, but it only became more prominent as time went on. Nessa healed quickly, and she even managed to salvage her hair into a stylish cut that everyone loved, but she still held a grudge against Amorosa. She relentlessly tormented her by spreading rumors around school and even creating numerous fake accounts to cyberbully her. After one terrible day where Nessa tripped her during lunch, causing everyone to laugh at her, it was finally too much. Amorosa left school early in tears. As she walked home, her phone's notifications continuously buzzed from the relentless cyberbullying. When she finally made it to her room, she laid in bed and stared at the ceiling and tried to ignore her phone. Suddenly, something was blocking the light, and she looked up to see a shadowy apparition of a boy sitting on her bed. She tried to scream, but the sound was taken right out of her throat. He shushed her and calmed her down. My name is Damon. I've been watching you for a while now. Tell me, who is making you cry? The shadow boy asked. She was spooked, but also found Damon oddly comforting. Something about him seemed soothing. She explained to him what happened that one fateful night many weeks ago and how she was tormented by Nessa ever since. She confessed to the spirit and said, all I want is for Nessa to believe that you shadow spirits are real, so she'll leave me alone. As she spoke, her phone kept chiming and buzzing. Barely 30 seconds went by in silence. Finally, she looked again at her phone while the shadow boy peered over her shoulder. An endless stream of mean texts and hostile memes flooded her screen. She raised her hand to throw her phone across the room, but instead, an electric spark struck her wrist. The lights in her ceiling burst and sent glass shards everywhere. Writhing in pain, she turned to Damon for an explanation, but he was gone. Sitting in her dark room, she was scared and confused. She worried she would now have to deal with being haunted on top of the bullying. Not knowing what else to do, she decided to just clean up her room and go to bed. Maybe tomorrow would be a better day. It took forever to clean, and as she finally crawled into bed, her computer screen lit up on its own, and a video call began. At first, it was blurry, but then as the camera focused, she could make out what was left of Nessa's bloody face. Her skin was torn to shreds by tiny scratches, and her nose was mangled. One of her eyes swollen shut, keeping the steady stream of tears confined to her one good eye. In a scratchy, raw voice, Nessa finally spoke. I believe you now, Amorosa. I know it was Damon. The shadow spirits are real. That's when Amorosa realized that the spirits weren't just listening to her words and thoughts, but they were doing what she wanted all along. The girl smiled wickedly to herself. School would be much different from now on. Soon all her bullies would believe in Damon and the shadow spirits. Thank you so much, Kristen, for inspiring this chilling tale. 
almost like a supervillain in the making. Listener, if you had a protector shadow, would you use it for good or evil? Have you ever been playing a game with your friends and had something go horribly wrong? Tell us about it at somethingscary@snarled.com. In life, we make connections with different people in different ways. Once you bond with someone you trust, you must keep them close. And if anyone ever tries to break that bond, you must be willing to fight to keep it, even if it means risking your life. Since Shu was a child, she was fascinated with ocean wildlife. So it made sense that she would grow up to be a marine biologist for the Shanghai Ocean Aquarium in China. Her boyfriend Wang Lei did not care for his girlfriend's choice and career and held no love for the ocean or its inhabitants. One day, a fisherman brought in something to the aquarium that would change Shu's life forever. An octopus that had been tangled in the fisherman's net. While that wasn't out of the ordinary, this particular octopus was special. It was a bright orange color with black markings on it that looked like ancient scars. Instead of the usual black eyes, this one had bright blue human-like eyes. As Shu took the creature to the exam room, she swore it was watching her. On the table, Shu began to sing to it, and in response, the octopus wrapped its arms around her hand and wrist. But whenever Shu would rotate it, it would instinctively release her, allowing her to complete her examination as if it was listening to Shu's verbal cues. Do you understand me? Shu whispered. The octopus blinked its blue eyes as if to say yes. Shu smiled and said, I'm gonna call you Lanny, which meant blue. Then Lanny wrapped its arms once more around Shu's fingers, happy for its new name. Like all the creatures in the aquarium, Lanny was attended to by multiple members of the staff, and this did not sit well with the octopus. If anyone but Shu tried to feed or care for it, they would get slapped by one of Lanny's eight arms. One night, when a new intern went to feed Lanny, it wrapped its arms around the man, pulling him into the tank and below the surface of the water. He struggled to break free, but the octopus's hold was too strong. The octopus pulled the man closer until they stared into each other's eyes. Just as he could no longer hold his breath and the water started to drown him, the octopus let go. The intern survived, but everyone at the aquarium knew that this breed of octopus had a venomous bite capable of paralyzing or perhaps even killing someone. And it was only a matter of time before it happened. Sadly, the management decided they could no longer take the risk of housing the animal. The aquarium gave Shu the option to keep the octopus or return it back to sea. Shu, without hesitation, set up a large and comfortable aquarium within her apartment. Her partner Wang Lei was less than thrilled and things that were already strained in their relationship became much worse. As days turned to weeks, Wang Lei's temper grew shorter and shorter. Everything from dish chores to texting back more promptly or even if they disagreed on what to watch, would become an impossible argument that somehow she was at fault for. Everything began to set Wong Lei off, and Lani saw all of it through its glass house in the living room. The tension and stress kept building until finally, 
One night, Wong Lei was livid, screaming at Xu about how this wasn't the life he envisioned and how he could do better, threatening to leave her for someone who didn't always smell like the sea. And just when Xu was about to set him straight about things, Wong Lei slammed the bedroom door on her. The door caught her in the face, giving her a bloody nose. Wong Lei, still full of rage, looked at her bloody face. His hands clenched into fists, then unclenched as he stormed out of their apartment. Xu, somewhat in shock, walked up to the aquarium and placed her hand on it. Lani did the same with its arm. The octopus's gentle eyes soothed her, and eventually Xu fell asleep on the couch. The next morning, Xu awoke to a strange silence. She'd heard her boyfriend return home late that night, but decided to stay out on the couch while he slept in their bed. However, he was normally up by now and getting ready for work. Xu stood and looked in the aquarium, but Lani wasn't there. She feared the worst. She knew Wong Lei hated the octopus, knew he must have done something horrible. Adrenaline filled her as she sped towards the bedroom, swiftly moving down the hall. A dampened trail on the carpet led the way. And as she got closer to the bedroom door, the damp carpet turned red. Flinging open the bedroom door, she found blood everywhere. And at its center, in the middle of the bed, were Wong Lei and Lani. Wong Lei thrashed as the arms of the octopus wrapped tighter around his throat. He was covered in so many bite marks that more than enough of the deadly octopus poison was already coursing through his veins. Shu screamed and soon the thrashing stopped. He would never hurt her again. Lani had made sure of that. Shu composed herself and picked up Lani and returned it to its tank. Lani settled into place and lovingly looked up at Shu. The octopus pressed one arm against the glass. Shu stared for a long while, then smiled as she pressed her own against the glass, solidifying their bond forever. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly 
which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.